from Hart High School, Jason Dochamont presents the Heart to Heart Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Heart to Heart Podcast. My name is Jason Dochamont. We're here with a very special guest today, but prior to the show, I want to just talk to our folks out there, our listeners, and um, thank you, number one, for your support in this time of need for Hart High School and the Hart District, the Santa Clarita Valley community. Um, we have not had a podcast since the horrible actions that occurred on November 14th, uh, just a, a short week ago. Uh, and so much has been done in that time since. And um, we might expand on that a little bit today in our podcast. But I did want to just uh, share my thoughts and condolences and prayers for the families of the victims at Saugus High School and all of those students and families and staff affected tremendously by these uh, this senseless act. Um, and bear with me as I have our own short moment of silence for the two victims of the Saugus High School shooting. Thank you very much, and thank you again for being a loyal listener to the Heart to Heart podcast. We will get more uh, into that um, event, that incident, um, but we have the perfect person to do that here today with us. Let me introduce and welcome Dr. Akash Ahuja. He is a board-certified psychiatrist here to talk to the heart community about a couple of things today. So welcome, Dr. Ahuja. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. No problem. And, and so let me ask you, Dr. Ahuja, uh, what made you want to speak to our parents here today? You reached out to me, and I thought it was a great opportunity. Can you explain a little bit about what is compelling you to talk to our staff, uh, pardon me, our students and our families here at Hart High School? Well, absolutely, Jason. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, right now it's a very uh, tough time for our community, and there are no words uh, from you, me, or anybody which uh, which can... Um, which can explain the pain of the families uh, of uh, of the victims who are the, uh, of what they might be going through right now. Right. Um, having said that, the the main reason I wanted to uh, come here and talk to you is that um, that we all need to we all need to look forward. We all need to figure out as to what happened, try to make a little sense of it, uh, but at the same time. Um, Try to figure out what is the best uh, way forward for us, for the students, for the community, for the teachers, for everybody, because uh, our students are, our kids are the most precious things, which uh, assets, which we, which a society, which a country, which a parents can have, and uh, and school is supposed to be one of the safest places they can go to, mm. and uh, and if things go wrong in school, um, that is a very uh, that is a very difficult feeling. Uh, one can uh, wrap their head around. Uh, so I thought that I'll come and I'll share some of my expertise um, in this field of psychiatry. As you mentioned, I'm a psychiatrist, and uh, and and see um, if if I can be of any help to the community. Absolutely, and you know, I want our listeners to know that you reached out to me weeks ahead of this, um, asking to speak to staff, to students, to families here at Heart, um, and just so happened, unfortunately, this event took place, and I thought it'd be, um, well, you know, we had even scheduled this podcast interview prior to this happening, but now I think it's more timely that we can talk about some of these things, and, and to your point, moving forward as a school, as a community, 
Um, as parents, what do we do? That's the biggest thing that I'm getting now as a parent of a hard high school student or any student for that matter. I have students of my own. What do us as parents, what do we do? How do we move our children forward in this day and age with these things, these horrific events happening at schools or in public places? How do we work with them? How do we guide them through these tough times? So no easy answers, Jason. Absolutely no easy answers there. It's a tough time for them and for us and for the teachers and for the administrators. Few things can be done, though, to make it, to make it slightly better. <clears throat> let's, start from the, let's start from the home perspective. Um, <clears throat> this event happened last Thursday. It's been six days. And I uh, want to uh, emphasize that the first two weeks, uh, the research shows that the first two weeks after any such event are, is very crucial. Uh, and why would that be? Uh, that would be because a lot of uh, other incidents, um, it's known as a contagion effect. Lots of uh, copycat incidents can happen. Um, so we should, we should again, as a school, be, be careful, be cognizant uh, of that. Um, our children <clears throat> can also be somewhat more vulnerable during, uh, during that period of time. There has been a lot of research uh, and sometimes, and these things are very, again, difficult for me to say, but, uh, but, but I have to say that. Uh, so my apologies uh, in advance to the parents uh, that these two weeks are also crucial because uh, there have been some studies that, uh, that our kids um, can, can be very emotional and can be very vulnerable during this period. And sometimes they can have um, something known as a survivor's guilt. Uh, which happened after the Parkland um, shooting and mm. and some other cases. Uh, so please, uh, please watch out your children, love them, hug them, uh, respect them, talk to them. Uh, don't just shun the issue. Of course, I, I don't think anybody is going to do that. But listen to them. Uh, um, don't think uh, if if you are kind of over it, uh, they are also over it. They are at a different maturity level. They have. Uh, different filters uh, through which they see the world and they might not be as mature of course as as parents might be so again watch it if you see any changes in their behavior in terms of being more isolative more tearful more numb uh, be careful uh, this is our uh, this is uh, our life this is our our family our community and we need to watch out for for each other uh, having said that, we need to be very optimistic. We need to give them support. We need to tell them, and that's where Jason, you and your staff comes in also. Mm-hmm. We need to send a very strong, optimistic, and genuine message that we are okay. We are okay, and we will be fine, and we will, and we are safe. Um, if we need to inform um, um, the officers, um, the, the first responders in terms of uh, like this contagion effect I talked about, uh, I'm sure that they already know that. Uh, but it's 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 a good idea that um, that the law enforcement is aware uh, of um, uh, of of this situation. Um, so yes, so love our children um, and listen to them and watch out for any any behavior changes. Such great advice, you know, and such simple things, too, that maybe parents out there, myself, staff members here, don't think about to really just be there to support their children in any way. And, and I think we've done 
an adequate job of that. Let me explain a little bit about what we've done here at Hart, um, and then you can either expand upon that or pat us on the back or tell us, oh, maybe we shouldn't be looking at doing that. But the uh, the first thing we did, um, number one priority, I think, obviously to your point about keeping students safe, was we've really tried to communicate a lot with our parents and communicate in ways that are supportive, understanding, but ultimately letting them know our interests are to keep their, their children safe. But uh, this week, specifically, and coming back from such a tragedy, even though it wasn't at our own school site, um, on, on Tuesday of this week, we, we had banners out for students to share their love and support for the Saugus students and staff. Um, and, and students took advantage of that. And actually, one of our own parents made um, some ribbons that, that students were wearing around campus, uh, oh. a blue for Saugus and orange combined for a mass shooting, unfortunately. Uh, but those were... Uh, visibly worn around campus, so that was a cool thing. Today, Wednesday, we had therapy dogs in our library all day for students to go and see and feel comforted with, and boy, did our students take advantage of that. I mean, it was standing room only in the library, especially during brunch and lunch and before school, so that was a cool thing to see. Awesome. Tomorrow, we plan on all wearing blue. You see my Saga Strong shirt there, and, and many other students will be wearing uh, blue attire, hopefully, for their show of support for Saugus. We also plan on holding um, as sad as it is, a week after the event at 7.38 a.m., a moment of silence again on campus. Um, even though not a lot of students are on campus at, during first period, those that were on campus during first period can understand the severity, the weight of what, the gravity of what was happening over at Saugus High School during that time. And then finally, Friday, we, we will be holding um, through our district and through some therapists that our district has arranged uh, a trauma group for any students that would like to have that here on our site um, on th on Friday. But we're also going to be holding during brunch something that it can go, I think, uh, the wrong way, but I think we've compelled some students, the right students, to, to really lead it in a, a way of expressing emotions and feelings in a, in a public forum, uh, almost a student forum, and not to get political and not to get divisive and not to place blame, but rather to support one another and share their emotions and share their feelings in a public setting amongst their peers, um, maybe not with an adult. Obviously, we will be present supervising, but at the same time, just a way that um, is open for them and supportive and loving for them. And finally, uh, one thing we've asked all teachers to do throughout the week is allow students time to journal and just to write certain things, their feelings. Um, I have in my possession a couple of journal entries that students uh, sent up to me and with either suggestions or how they're feeling. And we, we offered that they don't have to send it to anyone. They could keep it to themselves. They could throw it away or they could share it with the teacher. Um, but we felt that a good way to open up and, and not keep things bottled up inside. So I don't know what your thoughts are on any of those or if there's anything else we can do. You know, next week we have the week, the whole week off for Thanksgiving. Um, and there have been some folks that have reached out to me with opportunities for our youth, which is good in a time that's down uh, to, to be able to offer some things they can do together. But when we come back after Thanksgiving break, I mean, is there anything you would suggest for us to do to regain that normalcy that we need back in our lives? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I personally want to congratulate you, uh, Jason, and your staff, I think, for uh, bringing such good ideas. I think uh, all of these things, uh, like banners and ribbons you showed me, and the therapeutic dogs and the T-shirt to support uh, Saugus District and the kids, and generally, I think all of them are fantastic ideas. I think it's nice to... 
to let kids have support and also an outlet uh, which which as you mentioned you guys are regulating it in a in a nice manner which mm-hmm. is very important so i think these are these are very good measures mm-hmm. um you guys <clears throat> are uh, like students second family and you are right. you are doing things which a good family member should do so good job great thank um, you having said that having said that i think uh, um going forward um and again n- without getting into uh, uh, any any political debates and all that i think um, i like your uh, i like your approach uh, it would be it would be important uh, in my opinion that we should also understand a little bit about um well first thing first um i'm very glad that during this talk we have not mentioned the name of the perpetrator and i personally believe that uh that if if the media um does not take the name uh, or talk anything about uh, about the shooter i personally think that it's going to help in the long run because a lot of people uh, especially after the columbine shooting a lot of research was done and a lot of uh, people sometimes uh, they feel that they are left out in the society they are uh, and they are um, they went through some uh, some traumas of them themselves and that the society is not fair to them according to them they try to uh, get some fame mm. uh, by doing such <coughs> such cruel acts uh, and uh, and if they see that and if the potential potential uh, perpetrators see that uh, people are getting some kind of name and fame uh, even in a bad way uh, i think uh, that can reinforce such behavior so so right. i think that should be totally shunned off sure uh, which i think um, i think we we have been doing that yeah so so that's that's good um <clears throat> i was going to say that um we need to have <clears throat> i'm sure we have a lot of counselors in school and mental health resources i neglected uh, to share that yes on monday and on tuesday of this week we had um multiple folks here department of mental health and other counselors therapists from other schools that were sent our way uh, that are helping the trauma group on friday is being held um by an outside counselor therapist that's coming to help out as well so yes our district and and um if you don't know we have a director of counseling at our district office Dr. Nicholas Beatty who's yes. done an outstanding job in directing a lot of the uh, therapy sessions counselors to be on our campuses district wide so he's done a, a tremendous job in coordinating all that so fantastic fantastic and i think that's a, that's a, that's a very good way of of handling it now without without having such incidents though also i think it's important just like you and me get uh, get immunized and we get uh, our physical health checkups i think going forward it might be and i don't know whether it's done or not but uh, because my i have two young kids one is 7 one is 9 and they both are we are in the city and they mm-hmm. go to elementary school in mm-hmm. saugus district mm-hmm. uh, so Uh, i don't know if um, if the students are required to get any um, any mandatory uh, screening or a session with the uh, with the therapist for a few minutes mm. just to kind of see uh, you know how things are i yeah that's not something i don't I, i think that our district does not do um widespread you know a lot of students seek out that help or parents ask for that help but um or we see signs teachers staff see signs and we recommend that but that's not something that on an annual basis that is checked up on so i'll mention two things there one i think uh, that would be <clears throat> that would be something important going forward um 
I think um, I do believe that that a lot of such cases where somebody is feeling isolated, somebody is not, is, and it's all about perception. Uh, you might think that this student is doing great, and but that student might not be perceiving 100%. that way. Yeah. Thank you. So if if a therapist is there, they might be able to pick up a few more cases. Mm. Nothing is 100% guarantee, yeah. but whatever uh, you and me can do in terms of um, lowering the probability of uh, such people uh, not not being pointed out uh, would be would be the right thing to do. Mm. Another thing going forward, again, I'm talking about after Thanksgiving when you come back, sure. when you sit down with your administrators and the boards and all that. So, seventy five percent of the cases, and I want to emphasize, seventy five percent of the cases which involve the school shooting, not the college, the school shooting, the perpetrator. Who, who survived, or at least survived for a few days uh, and, and was interviewed, 75% in, uh, of those cases have a history of uh, being bullied or perceived as if that they were bullied. Hmm. Uh, it is, so it's a strong indicator, uh, not saying that that was the case in this case, because I don't, I don't know this guy uh, who did this. But going forward, <clears throat> it might be something... Um, something to look at as to how to um, how to decrease the culture of bullying if that exists mm. now most likely i'm sure um, that does not exist in the school but um, something to be aware of uh, that uh, that if something can be done in terms of the policy in terms of how to structure it that you you will know much better than me yeah uh, absolutely and i appreciate that that insight uh, so you're saying 74 Five percent of those who were perpetrators in a past school shooting and who survived stated that in the past, prior to the event, yes. they had been bullied at school. Yes. So uh, you know, it's an interesting point in bullying. You know, we we had our um, had an incident last year or a couple of incidents that that became very large, and we we tried to handle those incidents because that is a rampant problem. I'm not gonna. Tell our parents out there who are listening uh, on the Heart to Heart podcast, thank you again for, for tuning in, that um, our bullying problem is solved. Uh, it's not. Um, and I, I would say that there's no school that can tell you that it is. And that's just unfortunate in nature and growing up and kids, teenagers. Um, what we can do is we can, one of our goals this year, as you've heard me say before on the show, is to enable those bystanders that are seeing it. Because typically it's not isolated. It can be in certain times and maybe even online where other people do not know. But in social media or in a group on campus, if another student sees that, they say something to us and they help us help them or help their friends in these bully-type situations out. Um, Yeah, no one wants to be a tattletale. No one wants to be a snitch, as they say. But use things like text-to-tip that we do have here at Hart High School and throughout the district. Use uh, things like going and talking to a trusted adult, even if that's a teacher or an aide on campus or a campus supervisor on campus. That message will get sent to us at some some which way or the other. We need to be able to help you. And in isolation, if they keep that to themselves, they think, oh, they won't do anything about it, or they're scared, it'll never be solved. Absolutely. So, that's a hard thing for teenagers to understand, but I, we ask the parents' support on that to really reiterate, if you see something, say something. And I think we're de- we're getting that message across now. In a case such as, as Saugus's, I don't know if anything could have been said. We don't know yet. 
things maybe will come out over time as to some warning signs there. But um, we encourage parents and students to say something if they see it. So Absolutely. And I like the way you say that. The, the say, if you see something, say something. Because, uh, again, some research uh, has shown that um, a large percentage of these cases, when it happened, uh, the perpetrator had said something on those lines mm. to at least somebody. Uh, maybe not exactly the lines that, hey, I'm going to go there on this particular day and do this, but they have given significant hints, which retrospectively uh, people will think that they, they should be picked uh, they should be picked at. Um, so again, if students know that this is the right thing to do, that if I see something and if I hear something, I should say something, and that I would not be called a snitch, as you mentioned. Right. If if that culture, which is there, I, I guess, but if that culture is even further um, celebrated, that you are not a snitch, you are saving mm. others, um, I think... That's a good point, to celebrate that, yeah. Right. I think going forward, I think... Uh, uh, look, again, we can look into this situation and feel extremely bad about it, which which we all are. Absolutely. But at the same time, I think it is our responsibility. And I think that's what the community and the parents and the leaders want us uh, that, OK, going forward, what what practical solutions can we figure it out? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that's what you and me both are trying to do. Absolutely. And you have an extensive background. Again, we're here with Akash, Dr. Akash Ahuja. Uh, board certified psychiatrist. You have an extensive background in psychiatry. Um, what what do you think, if there were any way to counteract uh, the problems of our youth today, what is the solution? What would you say is the best way that you've seen to really get our kids on a better track? Because academically, I think we're getting there. Yes. But psychologically, mentally, wellness-wise, what do we do? If I answer this question, I'll win a Nobel Prize. Okay, there you uh, okay. But, but some things for sure. I think the world has changed. So again, uh, I'll give you like a minute of a history, not exactly a lecture, and then I'll connect as to what I'm trying to say. Okay. So because we're talking about the school shootings, uh, the world changed in 1999 after the Columbine um, shooting. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, shootings happened, but but they were not at this particular, this big extent. Um, one thing also is common, what changed the world in 1999, and I'm sure the, the viewers can, can guess, that the dot-com, the, the mm. internet, exploded in, in that era. So I, I don't think it's a coincidence that after that Columbine shooting, uh, a lot more shootings have happened, and uh, because now it's very easy and convenient uh, for for the younger generation, uh, uh, I, you are younger than me, Jason. But I, even people who are much younger than you, they they feel so comfortable with the smartphones. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was I was reading somewhere that I think sixty percent of the world now has has a smartphone, mm. and that's that's an astounding number. Sure. Uh, so people have all the information uh, on their on their on the tip of their fingers. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it was it used to be two G, three G, four G, and now five G, uh, and I'm trying to connect what I'm going to say now that so the world has become a very virtual world um, people are spending a lot more time uh, texting each other and uh, sending each other emojis and this and that uh, people have tons of friends on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram and on Snapchat uh, but in reality I think the human connections overall in the newer uh, generation for the last 
10 years, I would say, have gone down significantly. Mm. Uh, I think uh, when people, people, I'm not saying that people don't have close friends, but I still think that a lot more, uh, some kids are definitely living in kind of a virtual reality. And then with internet comes, you mentioned a little bit, uh, uh, with internet comes the cyber bullying mm -hmm. and, uh, and some other aspects uh, where... Uh, uh, where I think people's life is getting affected by uh, certain other things which you and me might not have uh, not have countered uh, about 20, 25 years sure. ago. So yeah. if I have to pinpoint one thing, I would say that, uh, that slowly and steadily, and again, the world is changing and we need internet and we need the technology sure. and we all do that and absolutely it's fantastic in many ways. Uh, but I think um, if slowly and steadily um, that can be regulated in a manner so that I always tell people that uh, that we we have invented the technology and we should be the master of the technology and not the other way around. If technology starts ruling us, then then it's a problem. Um, yeah, I was, I was shared a, a TED Talk. I'm sure you're aware of what TED Talks are from a, an outstanding sure. future parent of ours that um, um, my kids actually go to school with uh, their son and daughter. Um, pardon me, multiple sons, the husband and wife's uh, multiple sons. Sure. And uh, it was about, uh, and I cannot pull it up, so pardon me here, but it was about essentially uh, social media or phones, for to your point, and having a restriction, an age restriction, such as not being able to use something like this until a certain age, much like a driver's license, or um, restrictions on alcohol as an adult, things such as that, because you're giving them, essentially, I think the analogy was, and I wish I could quote the, the gentleman that says this, but uh, you're giving them the keys to a car and they don't have their driver's license yet. Absolutely right. I totally, totally agree. I've, I heard a similar line there that, that the young minds are very smart and fast. Uh, I'll, I can compare it to like a Ferrari. And mm. the only problem is that when you and me drive a Ferrari, we know how to and when to apply the brakes. Yeah. Uh, but these kids somehow don't know how to do that. Uh, and I don't blame them. They are, you know, their brains are developing. Their brains are still very plastic. Uh, right. But I, I totally, uh, totally agree with you that some kind of regulation uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of what can they use and how much can they use and uh, I think is going to benefit that. Uh, look, you and me, um, we have this art of speaking. We, we communicate each other through talking. Mm -hmm. I called you, you called me. You know, that's how we, that's how we communicate. Mm -hmm. but, but the younger generation more and more is, is not doing that. They're not building on strong relationships in that manner. Mm. Um, they don't pick up the social cues uh, in terms of uh, whether the other person is receptive or non-receptive. Uh, again, I'm trying to connect this with our our perpetrator. I don't know him, but maybe <clears throat> maybe um, maybe he was not able to pick up the social cues of the people in terms of uh, of his uh, of whether they are his friends or supporters and whether maybe right. that was the reason that he became slightly more isolative and uh, and i know that he had some uh, some family uh, family issues happened mm -hmm. uh, so trying to do like a like an autopsy here as to what might have happened but i think uh, so coming back to i know i went little uh, right. wayward but but i think if if the parents can set up a role model by by themselves regulating, uh, that's exactly. So I found it. It was Colin Karchner. 
Huh. Uh, he has a foundation called Save the Kids. Um, but that that uh, personal connection that you mentioned, that that interpersonal you know communication, that's face to face, not. Uh, virtual, as you mentioned earlier, is so important. I, I want to boast a little bit about some of our, our teaching. And I, I, I was out in our classrooms this week, observing classes, seeing, you know, how kids and teachers have been reacting to this unfortunate situation, but and seeing them move on a little bit with instruction and, and with daily lives, um, as we need to. And I saw just a fascinating thing. And it's many of our listeners out there may have heard of this, you may have heard of this before an educational technique called the Socratic seminar. And it's, it's basically a way of teaching students how to um, make a compelling case, make an argument, agree or disagree with their peers, and do it in a, a mutual, respective, respectful way. Fantastic. Um, and, and the teacher I saw is one of our newer teachers, Ms. Swanson. She, saw, uh, she had different groups around the class, and she ha- called this the Socratic smackdown. And she had each group come up with their own theory or their own agreement, disagreement based on a prompt she put on the board. And they sent a representative to this table where they had to argue and get across their point. And it was fantastic to see the mutual respect of students and one another being able to talk out, articulate a point. And I saw that firsthand today when I was meeting with a group of students who um, I asked them to be leaders on our campus and maybe even lead that student forum. And I saw them using the techniques of, I agree with such and such because of this. I don't agree with that because of this. And it was done in such a way that, you know, you and I can sit around a boardroom table and and have an argument or a constructive argument uh, or an argument that's going to go the wrong way and and have someone leave upset and and nothing gets accomplished. So to see that in our youth, to see that phones weren't used in that process, yes, technology was used to project a... A prompt and and that's a good use, right? But yeah. th- but there it wasn't a way of which they're sitting on their phones and trying to communicate right. in a group text, right. where someone's going to inevitably read something wrong and take offense, uh, and that's the biggest thing in my mind that I see all the time on chats or social media or texts or emails even that people misinterpret a tone where you can't get that unless you're talking with someone. Absolutely, Jason, that's fantastic. Well, that is one of the reasons that you guys are doing very well as a school. So. And we hope to continue doing that. And and so, again, kudos to Ms. Swanson and those students in that class. Um, and mind you, those were ninth graders. Wow. So it's just fantastic to Impressive. see some of the things going on at Hart High School. And I know a lot of our parents know that, but I know a lot of our parents uh, are thankful for the resources you gave us here today and talking with us. I'm going to close. Um, we went on longer than we've ever gone on before in wow. one of our podcasts. And I appreciate it because it's been a great conversation. Great hearing from you, Dr. Huja. Um, is there anything you want to leave our parents with today, our listeners out there, as yeah. a, a word of advice? Just a, just a short message of hope and optimism that uh, that the world definitely is a crazy place, but uh, but together, uh, you know, we can we can solve many issues. And uh, let's sleep tonight, that thinking and believing that tomorrow will be better. And uh, we implement what we need to implement, of course. Uh, but just love your children the way you are, uh, loving them, uh, respect them, and just hear them out and just watch them for the next couple of weeks Mm. very nicely. Thank you so much, and thank you out there to Hart High School, its community, our Saugus Strong community, Santa Clarita Valley. This is Jason Dotremont, your host of the Heart to Heart Podcast. Have a great Thanksgiving break. If I don't hear from you over the next couple of weeks, maybe you can download prior episodes and listen to what we have here at Hart High School. But we uh, always say, keep a classy heart. We are alive with pride. Dotremont out. (laughs) 